Yo, what's up, world? It is the Cypher Live podcast. It's your boy Troy back again. We're so happy uh, to have you all with us again as we interview creative entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and just overall dope people. Yes. And today we have a very special guest from HBO Latino to the Oprah Winfrey Show, classically trained dancer, vocalist, actor, and filmmaker. N.K. Gutierrez has dabbled in nearly every facet of the entertainment world. Most recently, she was reoccurring on Showtime's season two of The Shy, season six of NBC Chicago Fire, and a bunch of other dope stuff that we're going to get into today. So without further ado, what's up, N.K.? What up, Troy? Thank you for having me here. So fun to be in space with you always, so I'm excited to do it again. Man, this is all good, man. So how are you doing, first of all? I'm well. I was telling, I was saying earlier, I was like, I'm a little tired today. You know, it's been a long, blessed, beautiful day. It's one of those days where I've gotten to do everything that I love. It all started at 5 a.m. and there was not a lot of sleep leading up to that. So it's one of those days that you pray for and then you're also like, okay, we're going to make it across the finish line. So just taking little snack naps in between when I could, and um, I'm happy to be here. Yo, tell the people how important naps are. Yo, naps are yeah. the keys to the streets. Don't know why I fed, fought them when I was little. Now, pay me to nap. I will nap all the time, so. Man, have you seen the nap centers at different places? Like if you go to a, now a little pod or something like that. Yes, that's that's. I was like, y'all understand. I have a friend that all she, I call her Nappy Joe. Like all she does is nap. Like that is her thing. And now I'm like, oh, I get it, sis. I. I it, it's like you you think they're just like chilling all the time, but they're regenerating, and it's so interesting how that works. And there's so many different philosophies on it because, especially as entrepreneurs, we get into the grind mode, grind, grind, go, 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 and forget to take care of our health, forget to rest, forget to recover. And I don't know about you, but I know in my life when I realized that, you know, taking those naps, I find myself coming back not only refreshed, but way more efficient in my work opposed to trying, opposed to trying to do it all in one stretch. Quality's not there and I feel drained. So those naps... That's, that's manna from above. It really and truly is. It is. <laughs> Bring it from the sky. Yeah, you um, all can't see us, but we are we are motioning toward the sky <laughs> at this very moment. <laughs> so true. Manna from the sky. I love that. It's, I'm, I'm going to use that because that is the absolute truth. And yes, to your point about the efficiency of um, that comes from taking naps and resting and recovery, um, you know, it's like, I understood that as a fitness instructor, I'm like, okay, you gotta let your muscles rest and recover. And it's so crazy because I've went a majority of my life sleeping three to four hours a night and pushing wellness. And, you know, I don't have children. I don't, you know, I got a dog, which she was a puppy and that'll do it. But outside of that, I would just literally run myself to the ground and, um, got to a point where one, I don't even know that it wasn't at the point. It was when I made my first film and I was like, so mentally and emotionally exhausted when I was making the last new year. And I was like, I would go in to teach Pilates and like damn near want to cry while they were in a plank. I'm like, I don't know what I've chosen to do with my life. 
<laughs> and what I got really present to is as I'm, cause I talk and I motivate and I'm telling, you know, like sharing like how to take care of yourself. And I just got so present to how much I was spewing BS because I wasn't actually partaking in it myself. So it wasn't that it wasn't actually true, but it wasn't true for myself because I wasn't partaking in it. So then there was just a level of inauthenticity. And I was, at the end of the day, I was just out of integrity with myself. And and it was impacting everything. And, not, and here's the thing, when you're a high performer, you can give 70, 80% and people think it's 150. And they're like, oh! Um, but when, you know, like, you know, you know that there's more. And I think there was a point in my life where I didn't realize that there was like, I, you know, cause I, again, I could give 70, 80% and look great and you get the praise. Um, and so I kind of got cozy there and I started to realize how much I was just, how much I was leaving on the table, like that I was not taking, that I was not allowing myself to really um, take in so that I could put out more into the world and so much more powerfully and so as time went on i was like let me see what it would look like if i like what would six hours of sleep look like what and i was like oh okay because my body would naturally for a long time my body naturally only needed about five to six hours of sleep so i got present to that and so i'm like okay all late and then when my body naturally got up i was like cool and then i'm like and i started playing and over the pandemic is where i've really gotten into the eight hours and now that my body gets eight hours of sleep, yo, I was like, first of all, I was like, oh, this this was the secret. That's what y'all do. This is what y'all were talking about. This is what y'all was talking about. I'm like, yo, I didn't even realize the level of mental clarity that was not there. That um, the struggle that I was creating within myself for no reason, I didn't even realize it. Um, so yeah, like now going on three hours of sleep, I'm like, oh, 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 I feel that, oh. <laughs> You know, Man, we got to catch ourselves sometimes. I'll find myself like it'll be, you know, one, two nights. Sometimes pushing on three, and I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, Troy, you already know. You already know. You let that clock keep going. You wake up tomorrow, like, ah, oh, I'm good. I'm good. But you know the difference. Your body tells you. Your body does not lie. It will tell you, like, dude, I'm going to beat on you the rest of this day <laughs> because of what you did to me. Exactly. And it just, for me, I was like, I started making what a commitment to ease and I got present to how that was just out of alignment with my commitment because nothing then when I'm not sleeping, like you said, you, you, your like body beats back on you and ain't nothing easy. Like it just, I was like, this is so hard. I can't do it. Like I'm about to, like, I understand why babies have tantrums and just cry. Just cry. Cause it's like, it's just, like making it hard for no reason and the final thing that happened and it was just recently and it was you know like where i just really saw my like, damn this is dope i'd never used a nap in this way so i'm gonna give you a little nap snack secret right. um so i had an audition and um i had to it was for a sketch comedy show on hbo and they um wanted me to send in two original characters and then to impersonate two characters. And so kind of was like thinking about it, kicking around, figured out what I wanted to do. Um, I like to impersonate or like to improv, like when I'm already on set or if I'm in, you know, an audition, like that always feels fun and easy. Like I give mad props to like impro people that do that like all the time and people who do stand up, all that like, 
there people like, oh, you're so funny. You should do it. Like, and I've had a couple little sessions where I've crushed it, but it stresses me out. It's not something that comes like, and I'm like, ooh, just joy. Like, I'm stressed. I'm pressed. Anyway, so I felt, found that coming up for me. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, I hate when I feel this way. And I was like, you know what? Let me just take a little nap. And I laid down for a little bit. And when I would wait, and I was like just taking 15 minutes naps and setting the alarm. And when I would wake up, I would have these incredible rushes of ideas. And I was like, let me grab, and I grab my journal and I would just write down the idea. I'm like, yep, that's what she, this is what she's going to do. This is how this is going to go, how this is going to go. I did that about three times. And so led it to about an hour nap. And I'll wake up and write and then fall back asleep, wake up and write. At the end of those three little snack sessions, I was so ready and so refreshed, so clear. And that ease that I was speaking about, that commitment, I was in it. I was in the zone. I was in what I call the green zone where everything was just. And, and the joy of being an actor and creating was fully present. And I just, I hit record. I got through my four God did four costume changes and I was having fun and I was doing my makeup and it was just great. And I was like, yo, I had never really used a nap in that way because it was one of those things where, you know, it's like, you need to get it done. You know, like the deadline's coming up, that kind of thing. And I was like, just give time, time and let's lay down for a second. Cause you're having a lot of anxiety around it. Yo, and it's that was dope. Give time, time. Wow. Yo, I think I may have found the, um, the, the description for this episode. No, and you know what? And I won't even steal that as my own. It was something that I uh, was in London. Uh, I think when was I there? When the months all run together in, in the past six weeks, I was there um, for a personal development workshop. And Devin Bannonson, the Game Changer Weekend, that was um, what I participated in. And he quoted it from somebody else. I think it was someone who was one of his old life coaches. But and I know it's a woman, and I, I need to find out her name so I can credit her properly. But she's and when I heard that, I was like. Yeah. My, and that's where, and doing that was what allowed me, that's what I said to myself. And that's where the idea for the little snack nap came up mm -hmm. because otherwise I wouldn't have, I would like, you know, like when you just push through and like, oh, it's cool. I got it. And I just wouldn't have had the same quality. And more importantly, you know, as an actor anybody who's an actor knows and nobody, anybody who is not, I will tell you, you ain't booking most jobs. You're not. The game is really about getting in the room and playing. And when you have the opportunity to get in the room and play, one, it, that is, of itself is the blessing. Um, and when you learn that, that's when the joy of acting really comes around. And I feel like what they say, that's when your big break comes. So I'm feeling it. So go ahead, break anytime you want to. There you go, break. Where's break? Knocking break, on the break, door right break, now. Hey, break. Hey, break. You can come break, in, break. Break, break, break. break. <laughs> um, yes. You bring up some so, so many amazing points in that especially for those out there listening this idea one word just continued to pop up and that was being present presence 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 you know we're in the hustle and bustle we're thinking about our next move and there's value to thinking ahead there's value to planning it's very important to do that but man you can't get to the next one if you're not in the first one like if you're not right there present right now just talk a little bit about the, just the value of being present it really is all you have there is no future there is no past and i sound super anybody who's a rent fan jonathan larson um i'm big i'm a musical theater nerd too um and i played joanne in rent 
um, at one point in my life, which was one of the most incredible roles I've ever played and one of the most difficult roles. Anyway, um, there's a popular song, like even if you're not a uh, musical theater person, but it's like, um, 365,000, no, sorry, 100, uh, girl, look at me, look, can't even remember the words. Whatever, I can't think of the words right now because she's was sleeping. a lot of numbers though. There was a bunch. The point is, it's how many hours and are in a year. Mm, um, okay. And Stevie Wonder did a, um, a, like, once it became a very popular um, musical, Stevie Wonder actually did a cover of that. Uh, song that Jonathan wrote and the point being that it just talks about how many how much time is in a year and there and the song is called no day but today and um that's really all and I was like I never understood how I there was so many reasons I love the musical but what he's speaking about is just being present that there is nothing but this right here you know and everything we're planning for and yes again like you said there's value to planning ahead there's value to doing all of those things but the biggest value is that and then i think the older you get the more you realize that life is just gone in a moment mm -hmm. and you don't realize that you're making the memory until the, you look back and the memory is a memory and you're like yeah that was a really dope time college is a great example of that when you're in it you're just in it and you know i had the traditional college experience and being on oh. campus and doing the things and oh yo college <laughs> what i had College for me, I always say, for, like from my perspective, if you went the university route in that way, and when maybe the debt and all the things that came along with it, um, being living on campus and um, being in different environments and being around people who weren't necessarily raised like you, have different perspectives, different points of view, especially living in the dorms and like getting present to like, oh, this is the way my mom did it. That's not the way everybody does it. Okay, yeah. ooh, got it, got it, got it. And you're able to start to form your own identity and who you are going to be in the world. Um, and I feel that's a time where you really are just, you're in it and you're present and it's fun because there's all these new experiences coming your way and the memories are being made. And I can look back on that time and be like, damn, there's, I mean, there are some things I would have maybe done differently, but I don't regret any of it. I had so much fun because I was present. And I think the older we get and the more we plan, we plan presence out of our life. Mm. And it, you miss it. You miss I it. I remember talking to, um, gave me some great advice. It was to the same, uh, to the same effect of what we're saying right now. He's a super dope, talented artist. He had just come off of winning a Grammy. He was performing at one of my events, and I had produced this stand-up comedy show. They performed at the end of it. It just felt like great energy, Def Jam, energy, energy, fun. Everybody's having a good time. It was like, you know, when you take your time to produce something, put it together, and stuff just goes very well, you know, and it feels really good. I, at the end of the at the end of the event, um, I was talking to him about the next thing, and he was like, "Troy, just like, just enjoy mm -hmm. this right now. Like you're in a hurry to get to the next thing, but look at what you did tonight. Like enjoy that." And I'm like, "Man, that's we. It's almost like we self sabotage, you know, our moment because we're not even enjoying it because mm -hmm. we're getting ready for the next thing." 100%. It's like you just, you miss it. Everything that you work for, all the things, it's just like, what are you working for? What is like, you get addicted to the work and, and to constantly producing and putting out. And it's like, well, what? If you're not taking in the fruits of your labor and really enjoying it, again, it goes back to 
from my perspective, what I talked about earlier in the inauthenticity. Um, and the thing is, my clients would have never known that I wasn't sleeping or that I, you know, that there was more because what I was giving it was enough to them because they didn't realize that there was more, right? It's like anything, it's like realizing that um, the person who's doing the same job as you is making $50,000 more. And you didn't even realize that that level of money was a possibility. And one, you saw Tay like, for real? <laughs> but for two, it's just like, damn, for real? You know what I could do with that $50,000? You know what my life could look like with that extra $50,000? And it's the same thing when someone, like, that extra 50%, do you know, like, what that class could have looked like? If it changed your life, what else could it have done? Because whatever you're doing to yourself, you were doing to your community. So whatever you are robbing yourself of, you are robbing your community of. And when I got present to that, that's where starting to get present to like self-care in a way that wasn't just me talking about it and that other people should be participating in it. But what it really came down to was one, believing that I was worthy to participate in it. I was worthy. Not only was I worthy of participating in it, it was an absolute necessity. And that worthy, I was like, because without it, you are doing a disservice to your community. This is what your purpose is. This is why you were put here. And if you are not completely locked into that in every sense of the word, not just putting things out, but allowing yourself to receive, because re allowing people to contribute to you is really the gift. Like that's the gift that they give you. It's like when you make somebody feel good and you know, it's like, and you give them a gift and you give and you pour into them, like that makes everybody feel good. And so, that, again, people will get so used to you not even, a, like, one won't even realize you're not doing it because it just be, it's just normal. And that's the way you occur in the world. So that's how people will um, really communicate with you. That's how they will show up for you or not. Or you will feel like, tell yourself the story that they're not showing up for you. And I had to start looking at it. It's like, hmm, am I creating space for you to contribute to me? And what is it? And I was like, and it all started, what was underneath all of that was you need to first, Nicole, contribute to yourself so you can learn to allow people to contribute to you. And when you do that, the wealth that will come from that is the, it's abundance. It's abundance and abundance. Oxygen mask. Yeah, it truly is. It's the oxygen mask. And it's like the person um, that was talking to the performer that was talking to you is like, just enjoy what you're, what you're doing because like, like, don't miss it. This is it. Right. That's it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Cause it's no time is waiting for nobody, man. At all, and you will miss it. You will miss it. So I mean, you're dropping gems. You know that the next at the at the next production level of this podcast, I'm gonna have my little uh, sound effects so I can do my boo, 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 yes gems. You know, <laughs> but check this out. So I'm looking at your bio. I'm reading through some things, and one of the things stood out to me, and it said bulldog and a ball gal, bulldog and a ball gal. What does that tell? What's that mean? What's that mean? So yeah, to know me from the inception, well, not the inception, really college, um, late high school, early college, that's college not so years. much inception. Yeah, but uh, it's an inception, like there's so much, I mean, I think tra college is transformational for everyone if you allow it to be. Um, I know for me, when I think about college, I think about really coming into myself and what it meant for me to be a black woman in the world and my Latinidad and where those intersect and what that looks like. So. Anyways, there's there was I mean, in my head there is like a, a, a bit of a rebirth that took place in that space. So that's my dramatic the inception. Um, but to be all of that to say that I'm a former pageant girl. Uh, I was Miss Kansas, Bella Latina. I competed here in Chicago. 
Yeah, I competed in Chicago. I competed in San Antonio. Um, I also competed a couple of times for um, Miss Illinois USA. And um, I was uh, Miss Kansas American GI Forum. So, you know, so my, and what from that, um, there was a level of discipline that came from that. That's where I really got into fitness instructing as well, like because I really got into working out and lifting gotcha. and that kind of thing. And I grew up dancing. So that story of that is I danced um, from the time I was like two up until I was 18. And then I went away to college, uh, stopped dancing, kept eating. And one day I was like, what is, who is that back there? It was like my software. I was like, nobody's going to tell for real. And it got to a point where it was like, okay, we need to do a little something. And what is that going to look like? And it started with me just like slowly getting up in the morning and work out. And then from there, because I had done that first patch at American JF Forum when um, uh, my late high school years. And then when I went to college and that was my motivation, I was like, I found Miss B.S. Latina. And I was like, this is really a pageant that I want to participate in. And it's, and um, the platform is like lifting Latinas. I was like, I had not seen anything like that. And I was all in. So I just signed up for the pageant and I was like, it was a, it was a January and the pageant was in September, I think. And so I was like, all right, we gotta, get it together. And that started that um, weight loss journey and that wellness and fitness journey um, for myself. And from that, though, was like what I really started to understand about myself as that process continued. And, you know, it really shaped me and who I am today. A lot of people don't, it's like, who don't know that it's weird that they don't, but that really is a foundation that shaped that. And the bulldog in a ball gown was like, well, I would I am, I, I, I know I'm beautiful. I know I'm a pageant girl and I'm a badass. Like, I'm not here to play games with you. We are going in. I'm like that in everything that I do. Mm -hmm. I hold myself to a high standard. I hold everybody around me to high standards. And, you know, bulldogs, they clamp down on something and they, even to a fault. And I can say, I can, you know, it's like, don't, they don't release. Like we going, we in it, we locked in and we going. If there's anything to know about me, if I commit to something, I got you. If I tell you I got your back, I got you. If I tell you I'm going to make something happen, I'm going to make it happen. You know, and I've had to learn the hard way to sometimes be like, sometimes you need to not make things happen, you know? So that's another oh, wow. journey and story. And that, I, you know, lessons hard learned that some things you do need to just release and let go. Um, but that bulldog in a ball gown is really like, don't let don't let the cuteness fool you. We like I will go toe to toe with you. We will go in. Mm -hmm. And over the years, I mean, it's definitely like I grew up being incredibly scrappy and go toe to toe with you. And like, you want to debate this? You want to do that? You know, like I used to put my energy there. I don't put my energy there anyway. I use my energy for good and ease. Ah, you used your powers. Yes, I use my powers for good and I work to cultivate ease. Um, so, but that being said, that that is always, yeah, that is a part of who I am. Like that is, I'm definitely a bulldog in a ball gown. Dope, dope. Yeah, I saw it and I was like, oh, we gotta ask her about that. Figure mm -hmm. out what that means for sure. Now you talked about uh, a couple of the pageants that you um, that you competed in in different places, various places. And we often talk about your travels. You were, man, you're international with it. I'm like, yo, NK, where you at? Oh, you know, I'm down in Puerto Rico. I got a show down here, but I'm, I'm rolling up to my uh, to my, my peeps in London, you know, across the pond. Then I'll be back. What you got going on? I'm like, oh, I'm just, um, I'm going to the South Loop right now. You know? <laughs> yeah, to change the world. Yeah, you know, but let's talk about something. that. So 
So you you working all over. You're in all these different places. Do you have a favorite place that you've been to? City. I have beach places and city places that hold very specific value for me. Um, London is definitely my favorite urban center. I I just just talking about it. See, I smile. It just makes me smile. I love London. I actually studied at the Guildhall. I studied um, Shakespeare and contemporary theater. So um, that when that was my first time going to London when I was accepted into conservatory, and it was a place that I had always wanted to go. And when I got out of college, I was like, okay, now I want that. I when I by the time towards the end of college, I had realized that I wanted to pursue acting professionally. And I actually wanted to drop out of school and I had two semesters left and I was actually, I was studying abroad in Mexico and oh, I called it. my mom from Mexico and I'm like, I'm going to be a star. I'm dropping out of school and I'm moving to New York. She was like, you have two semesters of school left. Can you finish that and then go be a star? And I was like, solid point says I can do that for you. So I did. And then afterwards I was like, okay, I really, I want to go to London to study. And there was a program that I found at the time through TBI actor studio, which is a studio I used to work at here in Chicago. It no longer even exists here. It's still in LA and New York, but anyway, I was working to, and I, you know, when we, everything, I always say like anything is possible because everything I've done in my life for, yeah, anything big for most of my life has either been on a scholarship or a payment plan. You know, I grew up in a single parent family and there was nothing that my mom said no to. And it was just a matter, matter of figuring it out. And I couldn't, and and so we really worked to go to get um, the money together. And I, because I was done with school, I couldn't get more financial aid for like this extra, seemingly extracurricular activity um, or, you know, not necessary to have. So whatever the case that like right out of school, that dream was kind of dashed or deferred. Really. I didn't, I thought it was dashed cause you know, you're young and dramatic and really it was just deferred. Um, over. Yeah. It's never going to happen. It's over. Right. 100%. And um, fast forward to, so Mexico was like the first time, that's the first place I lived out of the country away from my family. And um, the reason I went to Mexico is that my grandparents first generation did not teach their children Spanish. And so while my grandma would speak to us in Spanish and there's like, even I grew up not even realized that certain words and things that I said were not English. Like there'd be names of things, like a name for like a dish towel is a trapo. I never knew that it was called a dish towel. Like your t-shirt that you have on right there, like, that's a camisa. And if it was like so an undershirt, a camiseta, I didn't know that was a t-shirt or an undershirt, things like that. I had no idea I was even speaking Spanish, but um, all that to be said, you know, it was something that was colonized out of our family and, you know, they weren't allowed to, they would get in trouble if they spoke Spanish in school. So for me, it was the language I have around it now is really important for me to reclaim that for my family. At the time, it was just like, I want to, I want to know. I was like, I'm not okay with not being able to speak Spanish fluently. I want to know how to speak Spanish. And so then I was like, oh, I'm going to go to Spain. And then my grandma was like, no, you're not. You're not going to learn Spanish in Spain. You're going to go to Mexico. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever, sis. So that was how I ended up studying abroad in Mexico. And that was a sp when the spirit of travel was really um, imparted in me. And um, it and so I was living with like a couple of Canadians, a couple of Mexicanos as well, and um, an Australian and an American. And the Canadians just showed me how to travel. And that's when I first learned what a lonely planet was. That's when... I, you know, like learned how to travel on a budget and what that would mean. It was like, I really started to get out of my own way because I was very 
prissy. And I was like, ew, I don't do that. I don't ride buses and I don't <laughs> very, very, <laughs> very you out of that. Yeah, it got snapped me out of that real quick. And I have a horrible story about being on a bus and waking up and having an infestation crawling up my body, which is a whole other painful conversation. Oh, that's that episode uh, seven. Yeah. Yo, yo, legitimately. But anyway, all that to say, you asked me what my favorite city, uh, my favorite cities are. Like, it, I really had to first, I had to say that because I had to learn how to travel and get to certain places and realize that I it, I could make that possible for myself, whatever my budget was. Um, and so when I finally, a decade later, I was living in Mexico again. And I ran into three different people that were like, you need to be in London. You need to be in London. Three separate circumstances. And I was like, what? all right, God, you trying to tell me something. Let me look this up. And that's how I applied for a conservatory. Ended up in London. And that it was the love affair for London. So both Mexico, Playa del Carmen very specifically has a huge place in my heart. I studied in Cuernavaca, um, but Mexico in general, anywhere I am, I feel at home because um, it is, you know, it's my, it is my home. And um but by the water with Playa del Carmen. I did love Tulum. It's a little Tulum for me now. I loved it like when I used to live there over a decade ago, and now it's a little too trendy for me. The water will always oh, be. I see a lot of posts about that. There's like this um, popular gym that's over there where all of the, the outdoor weights, one. Yeah, it's outdoor. All the weights are uh, wooden logs. Pretty dope. Yeah, I've never been, but I see it on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So it, yes, it's become a trendy place to be and that's not really my cup of tea. So I went um, for my birthday last year and I hadn't been there since like, yeah, since the story that I'm telling you where I ended up going to London, it was when I was in Playa and Tulum when they were telling me that. So it was very important for me to go back there. I'm like, I need to revisit this space and it has changed a lot. And so anyway, the water's stunning, but my two favorite places uh, would be that I can easily get to Mexico and then London. Um, my other favorite beach place, though, I cannot leave out is Fiji. Fiji yeah. is stunning. So, I haven't been there. It looked beautiful. Definitely a place that I want to check out for sure. And then just thinking about like different places, different markets, working in different markets. What is um, like what has been that your experience uh, like with Chicago? Because because Chicago can be tough. For a variety of reasons, it could be a very segregated town. Resources on one side of town are not you're not aware of those. So one of the challenges a lot of entrepreneurs, but creative entrepreneurs have, is the the dilemma of to stay or not. You know, mm -hmm. have you ever been? Have you ever found yourself questioning whether Chicago was the place to be, or? You know, have you ever thought, like, has it ever been a challenge or a question in your mind? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about being present. I spent my first decade, I've been here for almost 18 years now. I spent my first decade, at minimum, my first decade in Chicago, not being in Chicago. And like, during that time, I did go and live, I went and bounced to Mexico and London and that kind of thing. But outside of that, I just was never present, Troy. I was always running and looking for the next thing and moving and moving. And there was this idea because I'm from Topeka, Kansas. And I knew at the age of seven that that's not where I wanted to be. I was like, there's got to be more. I love, you know, I am who I am because of and in spite of being from Topeka. So I'm grateful for the things that, you know, it did teach me and like my humility and my groundedness and not caring about labels and certain things. Like that's just not how I grew up. So I don't, to the, I don't care. 
And I love that. And now it's something that I value that those are things that I see. However, there's not a lot of opportunity. And, um, you know, it's a really a place where there, like, there's a lot of struggle in that space as well because of lack of opportunity and lack of jobs and um, experience that very palpably. And um, I got present to how, for me, the idea of sitting still felt like failure and that it meant like, like if I plant roots somewhere, it was like I was making that mean that like, okay, you've settled, you're here and nothing's happening. And it was just, and I didn't even realize this was what I was creating, but it was. And one of my mentors, uh, acting mentors, Morocco Omari. Oh yeah. Yeah. P Valley in the building. Yeah. P Valley in the building. Yes. <laughs> Rock, man, that is rocket was really built a foundation of how, uh, the integrity that I, I mean, I come from a space of integrity anyway, but how to move in your integrity as an actor, as a creator, he was always the one who told me, and I think there was something that you had brought up or written down about um, while you're waiting, you should be creating. Um, and um, he was the one who taught me that and was really why I ended up becoming a filmmaker was because he encourages, uh, encouraged us to not just be actors, to do, to, to be creating your own content and making your own, like writing your own scripts. So we waited <clears throat> to do it. And um, anyway, he, uh, there was at one point, I mean, I tried to run away to LA and then New York, New York is where I wanted to be first, especially because I do theater as well. And LA was never something that appealed to me. Um, I like the weather because it's Mexico, but it wasn't the people, the vibe wasn't really, it just wasn't me. And um, and then again, having the opportunity for theater and the way I wanted to approach acting, New York, and I would go to New York often and audition. I would, I had friends in New York and because I'm a makeup artist as well, I would just schedule work out there and I would go all the time and audition and um, and so I'm like, okay, I'm meant to move here. And again, going back to ease and you see me travel a lot and be in this place and that place. Yo, the amount of struggle I came up against finding an apartment in New York. And I mean, everybody knows it's like hard to get a place in New York, but I found a cute place, put my money down and then they gave my place away. And there was just like, I kept running into resistance and I'm like, damn, I'm not supposed to be here. I mean, all right, God, I was like, you want me to sit down? Because I don't run into this kind of resistance when I decide I'm going to move. You're listening to the universe. You're listening to yeah. the universe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, all right, sitting down. Then, um, you know, I had one of my girlfriends had moved to L.A. Like, we really, it's like, I really understand, like, that little cohort now, like, John Husey people who, like, come up together and, like, create together. That was really what Rock created. Um, and whether he even realizes it or not, like, just this community of actors uh, that have each other's bags no matter where we go in the world. And so some of my people were moving to LA and I was like, well, then that's what I'm supposed to do. I have to go. I need to do this. And I remember and I would call rock crying or all upset and worked up and things. And he was just like, ma, slow down. Just be where you are. Like just, and you know, so if you know rock, that's what he does. He just grounds you. And he just say like a couple words. You'd be like, mm, cool. And he's like, ma, why, why, why do you let your work take you there? Mm -hmm. Create where you are right now and let work take you there. Uh -huh. why, why do you think you need to be there to create? He's like, just sit still. And I didn't really get it until I got it. I heard um, someone put it like this, like master your market, you know, master your market. It'll pull you in the other, you know, into the other places. But you brought up um, another huge point for a lot of the folks that 
listen to our conversations and that's around being a creative entrepreneur this idea of not only being a talent in front of the camera but creating your own wearing those multiple hats let's talk about the importance of owning the narrative and creating your own content so many of the folks that are going to listen to this podcast are looking to create and we got to wear multiple hats that's a challenge and a journey but it's so important to own our own content why why is that just for those that are listening like why is that so valuable and important outside of what is possible fiscally opportunities you know i think there's a million ways to speak towards that and people can tell you like you could look at an Issa ray and be like this is possible you, know, you can look at oprah and you're like because this is possible all the you know like people that are creating in all these different avenues but be beyond and below all of that what i will say is once i became a filmmaker and started creating my own content the level of power that was harnessed within myself and that level of like, like I, I talked about early at the beginning of the podcast that I started to look at how I was showing up in the world. And then it started to question my worthiness and how I was contributing to myself. And then what it was impacting to me contributing to others. That is not by accident. I started to get present to like, damn, you are bad. Like you make some dope shit. You are really, really gifted. Take care of your gift. Take care of yourself. And moving from that space changed how I walked into every room. It changed how I, who I chose to have in my life. I'm a, I, I pride myself on having a, a strong discernment about people and who I have in my life. But even that, it just strengthened and it sharpened that. And it, it changed the way I moved through the world. And when you allow yourself to create and control what you create and the narrative, and it just, and that a lot for me was what the last new year was because at the time, you know, like the time, like a leading lady has to be this, this, and this, you know, now we see like people pushing the envelope with size, color, hair, all these different things. But that was not happening when I first started out in this industry. One, I was, I was interesting because there wasn't still a lot of mixed people as wild as that is now. It's like, you see it on every cover of everything, but you weren't seeing mixed families. You didn't see people with my curly hair. I was still a commodity and it became kind of weird once I started going into spaces and I would see people that looked like me it's not like we didn't exist but like in the same spaces competing for the same things i was like the only one and so um but what was still there was like nobody knew what to do with me and they're like oh it's like well you have a leading i've gotten told you've got a leading lady face with a best friend body if you're gonna be the leading lady you gotta be fuckable you got and i'm like i am fuckable like what and i'm like and it was just these things that frustrated me. And then like, oh, she's pretty and she's funny. You can't be pretty and funny? What the fuck? And I was like, I gotta go. And that is when I created my own lane. And yeah. in doing that, just being able to see myself on the screen playing a role that I actually wanted to play that was spoke towards all of my talents. And like, you know, it was a comedy and it was like about sex and, you know, and what that woman, that character, what she wanted and her owning her own narrative and being able to see that for myself changed how I felt about myself. And the added bonus was like, I'm putting into the world what I needed, what I needed. Now that is for someone else to take on. I don't know how many people will see this that were like, thank you. 
thank you. And then when that started to happen and I was moving through the film festival and having young, young, and that was the other thing too, was like women of all ages coming up to me and being like, thank you. All mm -hmm. colors, all sizes, thank you for creating this. And it just allowed me to, and I mean not even use the word just because that minimizes it. It allowed me to harness my power and understand my worth in a way that shifted how I moved through the world. So that is why outside of any other reason that you may have to create your own content and own your own content, I offered that to you as a possibility out there creators that when you create something, you're able to take that mirror and really see what you're made of and what and in your worthiness. And when you see that and you understand that, nobody can take that away from you. And you realize that like they didn't give it to you and they can't take it away. So if you don't, if you get a hundred no's after that, it, the no's hit different because you know, you know, not that it doesn't get hard, but they hit different because you understand your value. Your perspective has changed on things. And it's Completely. like there's a there is an energy or aura that you give off a level of confidence that oftentimes can attract new opportunities when you are still. I'll never forget, man, I went to Sundance. My first year at Sundance, I spoke at this event and I was on two different panels and it was just a lot of energy, high pace, going back and forth, back and forth. Pleasantly overwhelming is what I always describe it as. I mean, I was tired. It was at a higher elevation. My breathing was different. It was just a lot. I got stacks of business cards. I met this person at this networking. And, da, 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 da. and one day I was like, man, I just need to sit down. <laughs> I got to sit down. And there was, um, uh, it, it was sort of like this feeling of, of course I was relaxing, but it just felt like I had put in enough work or energy so i'm going to give myself a moment to sit and i noticed that people just continue to come up and talk and of course we were in that environment anyway but these were individuals that i wanted to work with but my point it wasn't so much that they were coming up to talk to me or connect with me or pass their business card it was a realization that i was doing so much work to get that same effect before. Whereas now just sitting down, being present, and even I've looked at even the nuance, like there's something to, um, there's something that happens when you see an individual and you expect them to be in their phone. But if you look up and that individual just seems to be present, they're not in their phone, that's almost an anomaly now. If you see a person that's just sitting there and they're present, there, there's true. something that becomes intriguing about that and that I just noticed in that moment, I'm like, okay, I need to breathe more. I gotta mm. take but but it what it it showed me is that sometimes we're working so hard to prove our worth instead of just realizing our value. And when we do that, there's like this aura where people just you're you're attracting the right individuals and the right opportunities. Um, and I'll never forget, I slapped myself for this. Brother came up to me, had a Afro and like the 70s sideburns. Ooh, little real, chops. Real, real little cool chops. cat, real cool cat. And um, uh, I, it gave me his information. 
uh, I think I may have sent a follow-up, but didn't talk to him in like a year or so. Come to find out, a movie came out and it was called Sorry to Bother You. And I looked up and I was like, that was Boots Riley that walked up to me at this event. And I'm like, oh, shoot. You know, so it was just that realization that sometimes we push and push and push and work so hard and we, we miss that moment or we're not in the moment or you don't realize that you are enough. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. That's it. Like I can't even, nothing else I can say to, to that, but that is it. Um, I am laughing at the Sundance experience because you described it so well. That's exactly what it is. Oh, the elevation oh, and the, and the, feel it. Ooh, the cold hits different, even though, you know, we're in Chicago cold, but like walking to the different little after parties. Cause that's all there is. It was like, I think I was just like drunk the whole time I was there, but like functionally drunk, not like trash. I'm just kind of like, yeah, man, there's it's just, like, and it's it, so tight. So it's cold and it's snowing outside. Then you go inside, you got on a big coat. Now you got to take it off. Cause it's just too much. It's hot. It's, it's it, a great experience. You got to go through it, but it's just, you know, you remember all of the little bits and pieces of it. You do. And to, you're like, yo, the amount of people like, and again, like seeing these people that I met and connected with and seeing their stars rise. And like one of like one of the stars on Snowfall, Matthew Cherry was another person that I met. Like we were just all hanging Snowfall out together. Chicago. Um, right. Yeah. And like, and I didn't know him before then. And it was just like ran into him there. And like we all kicked it that weekend and we were just together, like all working towards the same thing was just to make this thing happen and how do we do it and just enjoy and and we were just present and enjoying the ride and it was so much fun and that was the year that Abel Duvernay won and uh, to that point um I've seen somebody doing something that looks like you and because I'd had the idea for the last new year I'd been sitting on it um or like kind of like had a loose idea and then when I was there in the airport after she won when I was kind of going home and it was like it hit me and I was like this is the storyline. And I mean, the log line, everything was boom, boom, boom. I know beginning, middle, end. This is how this goes. It still took, that was January. We had right sentences in January. It took me till December to actually sit down and write it. And when I did, it took me less than three days, but I just ruminated for that year. And because there was still that not enoughness, all that stuff playing in the background. But the point of the matter is, is that it did get me started. It um, being in space in that way and being present and feeling that energy and seeing what was possible. I was like, if she can do it, so can I. And when we think about folks like that, that are able to um, perform at that level, uh, let's talk a little bit about the importance of collaborating, but being a great talent scout. You spoke earlier um, about your discernment of individuals in your life. But from a business standpoint, that discernment actually plays a role in who you're working with on projects and set. Uh, talk to us about the importance of being a good talent scout. Oh, I was sitting here snapping. If y'all heard that, that little cracks and pops of me snapping because that part. And that um, I had to get to the point where I utilize that same discernment that I in my personal life and making sure I was using it in my professional life. Because you do, especially when you're younger and you're excited and people want to create and you have a conversation like, oh my God, let's do stuff together. You're great. This is cool. And then you start working them, with them and you're like, womp, womp. Or it becomes like the class project or, you know, like the class group project. And you realize you did the whole project, but y'all name both on it. And it's like, 
I'm not, you know, I did that in my childhood because I'd rather have the good grade and I'd rather control the whole thing. And mm -hmm. I was okay with that. But now I'm grown and I'm going to need you to pull your weight, especially when there's mm -hmm. coins involved. Um, and yeah, and I that, got the gas in this car. Look, expensive gas. You know, it did go down a little bit. So thank you. We received that. We received that blessing. Yes. Yeah, so when I saw it below $6, I was like, whoa. Man, below $6. <laughs> and ain't that wild? Ain't that wild? At the Costco stew at Costco. I'm like, that's where it's supposed to be. I'm like, I don't even want to know what the regular gas street prices are because mama cannot. But anyway, all that to say that um I I what I started to do was just use that same discernment with like it like to get out of the excitement sometimes of having a conversation and creating. And so there might be an exciting conversation and then take a moment, like first of all, I put it through a heart gut filter. Kind of seeing like where it's resonating in my body. I'm very present to like when things are like, oh yeah, this is a person like this is gonna be dope. Or if there's like something fluttering in my chest a little bit, it always it hits a little higher in my body where it's like, mm, have another look at that. Um, so I started making sure I was doing that in professional spaces because we're not really taught to do that in professional spaces. We're not really taught to do it at all. But if you are, it's kind of like, oh, how's it, how do you feel about that? Feelings aren't really something that historically have been allowed in pro to professional spaces. And now we're realizing that, oh, we're feeling beings, you know, like the pandemic has like, oh, taught us that like, oh, let me kind of see you as a human at least for the first year and now here we are. But anyway, that's another conversation. So all of that to say, I put it through that filter and then um, I look at it and depending on what we're working on, I look at evidence. I look at like, what, what's the fruit on your life? What have you been working on? And that doesn't mean, you know, and I know we've talked in a previous, uh, some, you know, we do so much stuff together, but whatever, what, and I was talking about, um, like, I don't go through and look at people's IMDBs or even need to look at your resume. Like, who have you been with and what are you doing? Did it like, that's all cool to have that information, but I'm going to get a vibe of how you move, how you move in the world, how people see you, how they feel when you walk in a room, um, your integrity. Do you do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it? Do you do it with a spirit of excellence? Do you do it with a space of gratitude? And that's not a, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. I'm so well, I feel so blessed to have this and think, you know, like, I don't need you to kiss my ass. That's completely unnecessary. The gratitude is not, it's beyond just great. I appreciate an acknowledgement and thank you, but it's the gratitude when showing up in gratitude is you see when people are grateful to be doing something they love or to be in a space that like, I'm really happy to be here. And they're adding to the space, not subtracting to it energetically and with what they're providing with their actual work, but I'm looking at your energy. And to me, that is what shows gratitude. Are you grateful to be here? Is this somewhere you want to be? Does it bring you joy? Are you bringing other people joy? And looking at those things for me, those are, you know, you got to figure out for yourself what your values are, what kind of workspace you want to create, um, what you need to be your best and what you feel your crew needs to be the best. Um, but for me, those are the things that I look at and I don't over, I don't, short step or sidestep those things and i don't overlook them and often people do like i'm like we're we're doing a breath check we're getting grounded i want to see what's up like and if we're not like that's just the way i move in space period and i've been hired to be on sets literally i'm like what do you need me to do like i don't know i'm just glad you're here and i'm like ah you want to pay me to sit here because right. but it's the energy that I bring to the space, the grounding that I bring to the space. And I, you know, I do have a level of expertise in multiple things, but what's beyond that was like, it's just in the being, 
me being there. So for me, that's what I look at. I don't need you to be me, but I need to know, are you adding or subtracting from that space? And I offer to whoever is scouting talent for whatever reason, whether, you know, whether it's in front of the camera or behind the camera or how you're working with them in business to be mindful of that. How do you feel when you're around them? How do you feel when they leave? How do you feel when they come into the room? Look at those things. And that's for me far more telling than your IMDB or all of your resumes that you want to push my way. Like, again, I'll that we'll take that into consideration with, a, but that's not going to be what makes you hireable for me or give me, give you my recommendation to other people. Trust in your gut, trust in your, your instinct. Um, one of my mentors, I remember her saying a while ago, uh, people may forget what you said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Maya Angelou, there that's who is. said that. That is, okay, so, okay, I got it. Good, I thought it was somebody else, never mind. Okay, I got it, I'm gonna edit that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, I edit when I was singing and all sad. Uh, I'm like, oh, I ain't got these lyrics. Nah, it's that's all good, that, that's real, that's real. That is real, real. Like, you can leave that but, part. But you know what, it's been a pleasure, it's been great, um, but as always, want to know like what do you have coming up next you know what's what's moving in the pipeline in the world and where can we find you where can uh everyone follow you yes yeah, so everyone can follow me at all things nk on the grams and the books and you know still got a facebook for them so we little dinosaurs out there we can dinosaur together t i'm making two rex arms right now y'all can't see it but i got some little t-rex arm going that's cool um and then uh i am thickletic my athleisure line thickletic i am always doing something over there and that's where we work to elevate the conversation around wellness inclusivity by cultivating conversation clothing and community and what i'm working on right now this summer is rest really rest, being present, not traveling. I just said last, I just said on Sunday, I was like, I'm not going anywhere in the month of July. Now I'm gonna be gone the whole month, the whole end of July. However, it's gonna be, I'm going to see my family in Kansas. Don't put, that, that's a surprise. So don't put this out there yet. Damn. Right, we'll hold it down, we'll hold it down. Damn. So I gotta sit out loud, I'm like, damn. Anyway, so that's what I'm doing in July. Um, and I've kind of taken a pause on all of my in-person events. And I share this because I think it's incredibly important. I was just like, I started pumping out my in-person events for Thickletic and um, it went great and I'm so happy for them. And then I was like, I just need a break. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to take a break because me being the best contributor to you is contributing to myself. And I need time to just, giving time time, right? Yeah, so right now I'm doing that and all the auditions are rolling in. I'm grateful for that. So auditioning, auditioning, working on some other things with you for some across the pond activation. So, yep, you know, yep. chasing down people and emails and all the things. And so just just that, that is, what, I mean, I'm going to stop wearing, I don't like that I say just so much. I'm realizing that a lot. So, you know, I had to catch myself. I was typing that in something and I was saying just, and I went back and deleted because I felt the same thing. Yeah. I don't want to minimize this. It is, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. So that is what I am doing. That is who I am being and just chilling with my puppy, chilling with my puppy. And she needs Word. some training. So we're training her. So that's it. Word. All right. Well, thank you so much NK for rocking with us. We appreciate your time and your presence. And for those out there listening, uh, we appreciate you as well. Stay tuned to the Cypher Live podcast. Peace.